welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher and yoga business coach. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy 45 minutes of training for you and your yoga business. Hey everyone, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Uh, I hope you're all having a great week. Lots of fun things happening um, here and I, I, uh, I've had some interesting reflections over the past little while so I wanted to start off by sharing those and then we're going to jump into the topic for today which is uh, a, a, an interesting one and in fact I, I, when I was preparing for this podcast I remembered that um, I, I, I had a recollection about my very first 200 hour teacher training something weird that happened and what I and looking back, so it's my 10-year anniversary of being a, a yoga teacher. And it just made me realize, holy crap, I knew nothing about yoga when I signed up to become a yoga teacher. <laughs> I thought I did. You don't know what you don't know. Anyway, I'll get to that momentarily. But before I go anywhere else, I have a couple of reflections that I wanted to share with you all. So over the past couple of weeks, I've been collaborating with some different people and doing some coaching with some folks who aren't in my community. So not you guys. And you know what? I gotta say, I've been doing some free sessions with people about their social media, helping them with Facebook and Instagram. Some colleagues of mine just wanted wanted to give some some extra goodies to some of their people. So you know, I've been having some chats with new people. And what it made me realize is how amazing you all are. Holy crap! These other people, bless them on their journey. Man, I, I needed this comparison. I needed to have this point of reference so that I could just love all over you guys. Oh my goodness. You know, people just not showing up. People like, I'm talking to you. Are you listening to me? Or you actually know you're watching something else on the computer while I'm having this Skype session with you. What are you doing? You know, just like, what? Uh, so... Oh man, I don't want to I don't want to think that I've been taking your energy and your enthusiasm and your high vibrationness for granted, but man, you're not a normal bunch of people. You are awesome. I sent out an email earlier in the week just to say fudge. Thank you. You are seriously awesome. I don't know how the people who have Folks on their mailing list that are like, yes, hello, well, what do you think I should do? Like, I don't know how they survive. I would be going back to managing landfills if you all showed up like that. You're all amazing. I am, I mean, I'm always grateful. Seriously, I still wake up in the morning like, oh, yes, about the work I get to do in the world. But I am feeling it in a whole new way because... Dang it. It's not normal, you guys. I love it. Thank you so much. It's amazing. I want to say a special thing, a special shout out to people who are new to the podcast. There's a bunch of new people here, uh, which is awesome. Uh, if you're joining me because you're new, if you've come over from the health and wellness business accelerator live stream hello welcome if you're new because you signed up for the business of yoga speaker series hello and welcome great to have you here folks do me a favor subscribe to the podcast another shout out for this week we're almost at a thousand downloads for uh over the past 60 days so i would be so grateful if you're not a subscriber i would love it if you subscribed i would love it if you would type a review here wherever you're listening probably it's apple podcast but if you're listening on some other platform podcast 
I would really be grateful if you've ever got benefit from this podcast. It really does help my business. We're looking to do some new things with the podcast into season three. And so having those downloads and having those reviews, I can't tell you, it makes a massive, massive difference. So I would love it if you are a regular listener and you get benefit from the podcast, please do uh, subscribe and leave me a review uh, and I'll share more about what those changes are going to look like. Hint, you'll love it. just getting better and better and you deserve it too sweet cheeks because you're awesome I just really need to reiterate that point holy crap no joke I mean it's been a long time for me since I've had those sorts of coaching conversations with people who were just like I mean man I wish I had an anecdote I'm just seriously lost for words you guys are so awesome thank you for showing up being high vibe sharing the love supporting each other (laughs) It means heaps to me, really. Okay, so there's that. If you haven't signed up for the Business of Yoga Speaker Series, get yourself on it. Amazing. 12 interviews coming at you and um, they will, I will be putting them all up on the podcast. But if you want to watch the videos, you need to be signed up because videos on podcasts doesn't work so well. If you would prefer to see me wildly gesticulating, you need the video version. So sign up for that. The sign up link is in the session notes. Make sure you're in it to win it and <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say a big shout out to the lovely Rosie Dean who wrote such a nice note on Facebook thanks Rosie congratulations Rosie says I've been working with Amy for a while now in growing your yoga business immersions and her amazing retreat in Thailand at times I've got frustrated that things don't happen as quickly as I would like But now I understand that when you plant seeds, you need to give them a little time for them to reach fruition. I'm happy to report that my weekly classes are now full and I've just filled my first day retreat. Sometimes the marketing side of things feels like a slog, but persistence pays off. Well done, Rosie. You're just so fab. See, here's what I'm talking about. This sort of stuff. This is how you guys show up. You know, you just lean in and get it done. So well done, Rosie, and everybody else who's like, oh man, sometimes I feel like I'm shouting out into the canyons. Uh, Good for you. You know, I'm not joking when I say that your business gets to be part of your yoga. What does this sound like? Um, I understand that when you plant seeds, you need to give them time to pay off. Sometimes things feel like a slog, but persistence pays off. You know what that sounds like to me? Amy's arm balance life. I remember the first time I even knew there was a thing called like Titibasana, what do you call that? Firefly? I was in, I was at Sri Yoga in Brisbane and I was doing a class with Julie, shout out to all of you Sri Yoga people and she's like okay now do this and I'm like what the hell is that? I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> do you know I'm from Shivananda? What? Uh, but you know, years. And then finally, okay, well now I can get my ass off the floor and, 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 oh my God, now I can sort of stay here for a while. And now I can go from this to something else. It's just like that. Like your business development gets to be part of your yoga, um, approach it like that. Good for you, Rosie. Awesome. I also wanted to do one more shout out and then I promise I'll get into the content for today. Uh, this weekend I'm going to teach some classes at the Bendigo Yoga Festival and I've been having a great conversation with Karen Buckland uh, on Insta about this and I'd love to know what you guys think about this too. DM me, DM me on Insta to get involved in this conversation. So <clears throat> I didn't even think about it. Like I like getting on the agenda. I like meeting people. I don't often get to teach classes of 60 people so that's a cool thing. 
for me living out here in the country. So when they asked if I wanted to do it, I said, sure, why not? Get, get me on the agenda. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be fun. I'm teaching some nerdy things. I'm going to teach them all a whole bunch of stuff where they're doing Shiva Linga Mudra. <laughs> I'm going to tell them what it is later. Fun. Just spoil the surprise if, uh, if you're going to come along. Never mind. Anyway, uh, and Karen, as Karen pointed out to me, like why the teachers aren't getting paid. Everybody pays to come. Everybody pays to take part in the thing, but the teachers don't get paid. And I think this is interesting. You know, I, I, it, thanks, Karen, because I hadn't even thought about it. But it's totally off brand for me, right? Go do something for free, and um, so you know, I think it's it's interesting. I, I, I'm just curious about uh, what other people think about going to festivals as being the talent and not getting paid for it. For me. I it it's still very worthwhile. I'm really looking forward to going. I'm looking forward to networking with colleagues uh, here in Central Vic because you know it's not always great bath to connect with folks. Um, I'm gonna hopefully maybe take a couple of classes while I'm there myself. Um, you know, look at the f- food stalls that will be kind of country. <laughs> it ain't Wanderlust, people. This is not lightning in a bottle. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna have fun. So it makes sense to me. But I did think it was interesting uh, just about. Uh, yeah, payment for teachers. If you have an opinion on that, love to know. Uh, love to get a bit of a conversation going. Maybe we can have a yeah, some kind of a chat or a podcast about this topic in the future. So hit me up on Insta um, if you have an opinion about that. At Amy Yoga Biz Coach is my handle. All right, there you have it. Some announcements. Some loving on you. Seriously, can I just say it one more time? If you are a part of my community, thank you. You're awesome, the way that you show up, the way that you support each other. Uh, you know, it's just uh, the way that you're open to receiving, the way that you're playful and friendly with me when I fuck things up. Thanks so much for just being you guys and being awesome. Makes my life joyful, seriously. Those couple of calls that I've been doing with people that aren't my people, I like really just... You know, when you just, yeah, I, I I wanted to kind of gouge my eyes out with a spoon. What can I say? Not fun. Yeah, not fun. Not fun. Thanks, folks. You're awesome. So on to the topic for today. So I want to talk about <coughs> friends versus students. What are they? What's the story? What's going on? Now, the reason I want to talk about this topic came up uh, in my Keep Growing Mastermind over the past couple of weeks about um is connection to pricing and when we approach our students like they're our friends it can sometimes make it more difficult to put up the prices oh but they're my friends what if they can't afford it these sorts of things but I want to broaden that conversation out to actually look at all of the ways that you're interacting with your students and reconsidering them as your students they're not your friends they're your students they're not your friends they're your students they're not your friends now I promised you that I would tell you a story about baby Amy back in 2009 when she was doing her yoga teacher training and didn't know who Mr. Iyengar was or there was such a thing as yoga clothing because in Shivananda you just wear loose comfortable clothing right that's what you that's what you wear Uh, I didn't know there was like stretchy pants (laughs) I went to my first 200 hour yoga teacher training with no stretchy pants (laughs) oh god I was that person uh, anyway, so I, there was this guy there, Frankie, his name was, he was French, he was one of the students and um, um, he was fabulous and, I, and we had this conversation, I think we had to listen one night to Donna Fari's CD, Donna Fari talk about boundaries and students and ethics, and um, which is, was great. 
But I do remember that the sound was very low, it was very hot, we were exhausted, and I may have nodded off. Not at all because of the content, simply because it was an intense 200 hours, month long of intensity. Um, anyway, so then the following day, uh, my teacher, uh, Sarah Avanstova, back then, uh, you know, facilitated a discussion about boundaries and about, you know, is it appropriate? How do you interact with your students and what's appropriate and what's not? And I remember Frankie saying, well, of course he would go on a date with one of his students. Why not? Good people, got something in common. You're, you're grown-ups, you're adults. And this caused, um, he was, it, he was, it was very clear to him. He could tell in his energy that this was, of course, this was fine for him. And there were other people in the group that it absolutely wasn't fine for. And quite a, a heated conversation ensued, which was great, right? <clears throat> and the point I want to make today is that um, what, you, what we all need is a clear understanding of what is okay for us and what is not okay for us and to hold ourselves to our own ethics and standards that we need. I've said here, Saucha, we need some cleanliness, some purity in how we have social boundaries with our students for a whole bunch of reasons. Now, I'm going to go out on a wild Amy tangent here. Because this is, again, this is just a, not only did I not know that there were stretchy pants or leggings <laughs> that you could wear to yoga class, I, uh, I also um, didn't know this. Frankie got thrown out. Frankie got fired. Frankie got chucked out of the yoga teacher training, 200 hours, welcome to Thailand, you're out. Uh, because every morning we had to do our own practice, personal practice, right, before breakfast, I think. I can't remember. It was a long time ago and it was kind of traumatic. I may have repressed it. And because I'd come from Shivananda and my personal practice looked like, okay, now I'm going to do Vrikshasana, now I'm going to lie down, and now I'm going to, like, it was just, it was bad. Anyway, um, Frankie's included chanting, quite a long chant that wasn't the chant that we were being taught by one of the other teacher trainers that made up the faculty. And he uh, was very, he was quite dogmatic about it, that it was part of his practice and he would do it every day because he had always had this self-practice. It was always what his self-practice would be. And when the teacher said, well, I would like you to modify your self-practice. I would like you to put this in and that in. He said, no, he was going to stick with this. And this is what he'd always done. And he was going to always do this chant because that was his practice. I realize now poor fucking Frankie was an Ashtangi. I just didn't get it at the time. And for, you know, he's coming, he's rocking his Mysore. And the teacher's like, actually, could you put in a little bit of cat cow? And he said, no. Um, and he got thrown out. Oh dear. Don't do that folks, man. Don't, isn't that curious that that happened? Poor Frankie. But I get it now in 2009. I just thought that's some weird stuff that I don't understand. Witchy language. What are you doing? <laughs> man, I was that person. All right. So back to the topic about social boundaries, friends or students, Satra and your social boundaries as a yoga teacher. So now this one's important. Um, what's the difference between having someone as your friend and having and being friendly with somebody? Now I, um, you know, I, I I would like to think that um, I'm friendly with my clients. I'm friendly with my students, but they're not my friends. They're my students or they're my clients. And for me, the boundary for the most part is clear when it comes to. This business, i.e. Amy Yoga Biz Coach business. But i got to say, I live in a small town. I've been teaching yoga here since I moved here. And um, there are some overlaps, right? So, for example, one of my students, 
Um, she's been coming for a long time. She's my student. She also has painted my house. <laughs> she's my house painter. Um, her partner is one of my students. He has come and helped me fix something in my house, DIY thing that I didn't know how to fix. And they've also invited me to a barbecue at their house, potluck, which is very nice. Um, we see each other at the supermarket. We say hello. We often bump into each other walking around the botanical gardens. They love my dog and often uh, ask if they can dog sit him. That's just the kind of nature of being in a small town. And so they are my students and I am friendly with them. And also they are my friends. Right. Um, and I have, you know, there are other examples of people who are my friends and are also my students. So how do you manage these relationships when they get when when things aren't as clear as these are the people that I socialize with and these are the people who come to my yoga classes? So, I, you know, I, I, I really wish that these could so sometimes when I just wish a podcast could be a little bit more interactive because I'd love to know what you think. Like DM me on this one. But what I'm, I've got um, some points that I'm going to uh, suggest as a way of managing this situation so that you don't um, get yourself into difficulty. So first, and, and I've also some points on how to manage and also I've got some reasons why this is important. So the first reason that I think it's really important to distinguish between who are your friends and who are your students is, like I said at the start, pricing. If This is particularly important if you are still working on your money story, you know, if you are still, um, if you are still feeling like um, it's tricky to talk about money with people or if you know that you need to raise your rates, pardon me, <clears throat> but you, you're avoiding it. You know, if you, if you still, if you have blocks and barriers around pricing, it's very important for you to distinguish between friends and students. And I'll see this happen a lot with new teachers, right? Um, and I, I think Sandy Fernandez just spoke so beautifully on this topic at, uh, at during the business of yoga speaker series. Like I said, if you haven't signed up, get yourself registered. Um, about how um, tr as, as new teacher trainers, sometimes the classes that we teach are all just our friends. We, you know, our people want to support us. They come along to our classes and they help us get some experience. And for a lot of teacher training programs, you're actually encouraged to do these classes for free. And I don't support this idea, and, and neither does Sandy. Um, she's the author of Karmic Currency. Go get her book. It's great. Uh, and we had a conversation on this topic that, in fact, it sets us up for, it sets a bad precedent that your friends come to your yoga and they don't pay you anything, or you're so grateful because they're coming at all that you feel awkward about taking the money. This is a blurry boundary, and if, if charging your worth is something that you're working on, it's very important that you only teach students and you don't teach friends. Now, I'm going to talk about the difference and what I mean about that in part two of this conversation because I'm not saying don't let your friends come to your yoga classes, but I am saying it's important for you to have a really great boundary about what the difference is. Uh, the, next, the next reason it's important to consider the people who are in your classes as your students and not your friends is so that you don't do things for free and you're not giving away your time for free. You know, um, this is I see this happen with uh, people who all of my all of my all of my students go out for a chai after class, and I go along with them, and I end up 
you know, I need to make sure there's always an extra hour on a Saturday after class because everybody goes out for tea. And, um, and, and actually, I would someone I remember this. Someone said, I would prefer to be at home with my partner, but I have to have this extra hour every Saturday because that's when everybody goes out for tea after class. Now, think about it. Um, that's you giving out your time for free. If you don't want to go out for tea, or if you would prefer to go out for tea with your friends instead of your students, you're in a, you're in a bind here. If you, if, this also shows up with um, uh, um, people wanting, to like, oh, could you just show me this thing? Or people st- if you live in a small town like me, people stopping you in the supermarket and asking you something about their knee or their shoulder, you know. Um, people showing up much too early because they just want to chat. Or staying back uh, after class, keeping, you know, holding up you getting in the car and going home because they just want to fill you in on what's going on in their lives because you're friends, right? Except you're not friends. And that is you giving your time as a professional for free. So making sure that your students are your students and not your friends is going to help with, um, it's going to help you rein it in if you know that you have a tendency to give your time for free. The next reason that it's important is about bad behavior. If someone is behaving poorly, showing up late, leaving their phone on, not putting the props away, talking when you don't want them to be talking, um, you know, those sorts of things, it's much easier to have a conversation with them when you have that authority role in place, i.e. I am the teacher and you are the student. I am in charge and you do what I say. When you have that dynamic in place, calling someone on their bad behavior and getting them back into line is much, much easier than if they're your friend. You know, if it's your mother-in-law in class, uh, maybe, you know, can you say to her easily, uh, I need you to put your bag in the locker, not here in the middle of the room. But if she's your student, it's probably going to be easier for you to have that conversation. Bad behavior, it's your job to manage it. If you're avoiding it, that's people pleasing. Come do some coaching with me. We'll sort you out. Uh, your job is to manage bad. Part of your job is to manage bad behavior. Let people know what's okay and what's not okay. Remind them when they get it wrong. And when they're your students and you have that power differential in place, it's much, much easier to do that. Um, And the final reason why it's very important to have students in your class and not friends in your class is because it will also help you to not take things personally. If people don't like your class, you know, okay, go hit up another class, go go do yin. If someone comes to my class and they're like, oh, I don't know, Amy, your your classes are very strong. I'm like, yep, they are. And there are so many awesome yoga classes in my town. Go find another one. In fact, I would recommend you do this one or that one, or she's really cool and you should try this. You know, um, I'm not taking it personally. Whereas if it was my friend who said, you know, Amy, I just find that your classes are a bit intense. Then it's like, oh shit, maybe they are. Maybe this is, this is a friend's conversation and maybe I need to check myself, for example. Actually, my, bless them, my friend. <laughs> My friends know that I'll probably go, yep, they are. You should go to Russia Suarez class instead. <laughs> but whatever it is, you know, um, people stop coming. People decide that they're going to go do boxercise instead of yoga. People uh, leave. Uh, someone was telling me that uh, one of my fabulous clients was saying to me that um, she taught a workshop and the woman had just had surgery and was still recovering from it and she left halfway through the three-hour workshop or whatever without even saying goodbye um you know people do weird stuff if they're your students your clients it's just 
it's easier for you to handle than if they are your friends. You won't be as likely to take things personally uh, if you're teaching students rather than teaching friends. So quickly, again, four reasons why I think it's really important that you have students in your class only and not friends is helps with the pricing, helps if you um, have a tendency to give your time for free, it really helps if you need to check bad behavior and have difficult conversations. And it's also going to help you not take negative feedback or criticism or just weird stuff personally. Okay, so next I want to talk about how do you actually manage this situation? What does it mean to have students in the room versus friends? Because you don't want to say no to people just because they're your friends, right? Okay, so we're going to transition to talk about what is the difference and how do you manage it? So I think the first thing for the, the for, for me, like I said, uh, in a small town, I know lots of people. Um, so for me, it's it's about being clear for myself before I go to teach, before I offer anything, before I show up, being clear about what's okay and what's not okay. What are the requirements I have of the ways that I interact with people? What is... Um, what is behavior that I'll tolerate and what is behavior that I won't tolerate? What is, how, how do I choose to, what do I choose to share with people and what don't I choose to share with people? So my recommendation for a starting point is for you to know yourself, this self-reflection, for you to understand what your own boundaries are first when it comes to being at work. So think about it. If you've had, if you've worked for someone in the past, if you've had a job, um, you know, there are probably ways that you would conduct yourself at work that you wouldn't or that you would do differently at home, right? I'm not going to just take my bra off in the office because I just don't want to wear it anymore. But at home, that happens quite often, for example, right? Or if it did, I'd be more discreet than just leaving it in the kitchen. That You know what I'm saying? Like, there are things that you don't do at work that you do at home, I, I'm not going to eat my lunch out the saucepan at the office, but sometimes it happens at home, you know? Uh, so but you know, my point is you're at work. When you're at work, you do conduct yourself differently. There are different things that you will accept. Maybe you, I don't know, maybe uh, you would, have, maybe you tell jokes or use more swear words or whatever. You conduct yourself differently at home than um, than you would in the workplace. The, teaching your yoga classes, that's your workplace. And so it's appropriate for you to conduct yourself differently in that environment. And, and you need to decide. Some of it will be unconscious, but some of it needs to be conscious. You get to decide what's in and what's out. What are you going to talk about? How are you going to show up? What are you going to wear or not wear? What... Um, what, uh, how are you choosing to interact with people? What's, um, how, how, what's the tone of voice that you're going to use? What are you available for? What are you unavailable for? All of these, um, all of these are your standards for yourself and also that you require of others that are important for you to be clear on so that you can then uh, conduct yourself in that fashion. So first step, know what, know yourself, know yourself, know what 
is okay and what's not okay. Know how you're going to share yourself and your energy and which parts of yourself and your energy you're keeping in, on the personal side. Be very clear about that for yourself. And hint, if you are new to teaching, you're going to figure a bunch of this stuff out from trial and error. You know, you, you, you might not know yet um, that you, you might not. I mean, I learn a whole bunch of stuff by doing things the wrong way um, what, uh, and, and um, getting things mixed up and making the wrong choice. And, and so, so if you don't have to have it all figured out. But each time you do fluff it up, great, you know, um, make note of it so that you don't do it again, so that you make a different choice. I uh, often talk about, um, oh God, the, I taught a retreat uh, in Thailand. Um, the person I was dating at the time uh, came along. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. Um, that person also snored and we were sharing a room and uh, that person also decided uh, once the retreat got started that in fact they didn't like yoga. And they're just going to sort of sit on an armchair and watch me teach all the classes and say cute things because they were in love with me. I was already, I'd, I'd already realized <laughs> not only was that a bad business move, but that was a bad relationship move, but you're kind of stuck there anyway. Uh, so uh, I, I, look, point of that short dating analogy, uh, you get to like learn by making mistakes, you know, um, you don't have to have it all figured out, but I tell you what, uh, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm not inviting my partner to come on retreat with me, nor am I sharing a room with anybody when I'm on retreat. Moreover, I'm not even staying in the same building anymore. Uh, I learned that one by getting it wrong, and now I know how to keep friends and students separate. So know yourself. Know yourself. Number two is if this is new for you or if you're starting to implement these changes, have some kind of ritual for yourself to remind yourself of the energetic shift. So for example, it might simply look like before you get out of the car to go into the studio to teach, you do some kind of energetic clearing or visualization or um, I don't know, a mantra or whatever it might look like for you. Like Give yourself that ritual that helps you transition from one version of yourself to another version of yourself. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that you need to pretend to be something that you're not. This is not Amy's declaration of why it's important to not be authentic in your true self. No, that's BS. And hopefully you know me well enough to know that I would never say that. But like I said earlier, there are different, you know, there are different versions of yourself that, you, that are appropriate in different situations. So what does it what would be something that would be really nourishing and, and memorable for you to have that ritual to shift from um, to shift from okay now I'm now I'm social whatever me and now I'm transitioning and consciously choosing to step into the role of teacher me is it a I don't know is it a white light visualization is it a put on your Kali pendant I don't know whatever it is for you but before you go teach Maybe it's in the car before you get into the studio. Maybe it's before you open the door and let the students in. Whatever it looks like for you, actually having that pause and that moment of reflection to remind yourself that you're shifting your state. You're choosing to change your state for the purposes of stepping into the role of teacher, 
so that when those people walk into the room, you're welcoming them as students, not as friends. Then the third thing here is about how you actually conduct yourself during the class itself. So because the, 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 the reality is um, there are going to be people who are your friends. Maybe it's your partner. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your siblings, your kids. I don't know, your co, your co-teachers. There will be people in the room who are your friends. I'm not saying don't let them come. Are you kidding? Of course, everyone should be doing more yoga. We need it, right? Let everybody come. But when they're in the room with you, they are not your friends. They are your students. And it is your job to teach them as your students, not as your friends. So when the class starts, when people begin to arrive, uh, this is your opportunity to use your work voice, use your work energy, uh, share as much as you would at work, um, engage with people in that way rather than going into friend zone. Does that, I was gonna say, does that make sense? But obviously you can't, I'm just, <laughs> you can't tell me because Amy, this is a podcast. People can't tell you in real time. It's a podcast. Oh yeah, God, I'm still getting the hang of technology. No, it's not true. Uh, so, you, you know, it's, it's important. Like when I'm teaching a class, my voice is different. I'm using my teacher voice. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, projecting my energy in a different way. I'm being firm and clear with people. I'm not asking people what they would like. I'm telling them what to do. So if it was friends, I would ask, hey, do you want to go? Um, do you want to go sit over here, or do you want to go outside and have tea together? Whereas in class, I'm like, get your mat and put it over there. Close the door. Turn off the heater. Get your shoes. They go there. Turn your right foot out. Bend your right knee to a square. Take your arms parallel to the floor. Welcome to Vivian Dress on the two, etc. I'm directing. My language is directional. Uh, I'm. I'm. Um, I share differently about my life. Maybe I'm going to use an anecdote from my life in order to illustrate a point that helps me theme the class. But I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, my God, I just went on this date last night. And, oh, my God, he did this and he did that. And then went and this. Oh, my God. Like, wow, can you even believe it? You know, I've been in classes when, um, you know, it's like, honey, I'm here to learn yoga. I'm not here to, to have a therapy session with you. You know, when the teacher is oversharing like, for real, I'm sorry that you're divorcing right now, but could you teach me some yoga? You know, whereas if we were friends, okay, I'll sit there, I'll listen, you can tell me all over again about all the reasons that that person did you wrong. I'm here, let's do it. But that's not happening in class. Um, And so it's my job to moderate, you might not believe this, moderate how much of my personal life I bring to the table. How much of my own story, how much of my own body limitations, how much of my own uh, yoga experience I share with my students in, the, in, the, in my role as teacher. Again, because I'm not going into the friend zone, not during that 90 minutes or probably 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after. So, so think about it. You know, how are you? Be mindful of your behavior in the room. How are you showing up? How are you interacting with people? Um, you know, how are you joking around? My, my students, they love to joke around and chat. If I let the joking around and chatting 
If I didn't put a, a stop on that when we started class, they'd just do it the whole time. If we were just friends, I would let them get away with some bullshit like, no, Amy, I'm just going to lie here. I'm not going to do any more of those ab curls. <laughs> if we were friends, I, 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 you know, they'd, they'd pull that one on me and I'd say, yeah, all right, they suck, don't they? Let's just go have cake. Uh, but um, but my energy is different and the voice that I use is different and the, the language that I choose is different and that doesn't happen. When I was a new teacher, my students would mutiny. They would just all decide, they would gang up on me and just say no. They didn't want to do something. But now my students, my students are my students, my friends are my friends, even though they may be the same people, but in that context... I am the teacher, I have the authority, and I'm telling people what to do. So think about your behavior. You know, what does your action actually look like in the room? Are you setting yourself up for adversity because you are being friends with people in the yoga class container? And what could you do differently? How could you change your behavior? How could you change your uh you know, your speech patterns, your language choice, your mannerisms, your gestures, how could you change that, what you're asking people to do, so that people are receiving you clearly as the teacher, as the authority in that environment, and not as their friend. So folks, I hope I have made a point um, about why it's super important to teach, only teach students. Don't ever teach your friends. Now, like I keep saying, they're going to be the same people sometimes. So yes, is this semantics? A little bit, but also no. It's how you show up. It's how you conduct yourself. And it's, um, you know, it's how you prepare. It's what you choose you, you to be your own boundaries. It's any prep work that you do before the class so that you make that transition. And it's how you conduct yourself during class. These are the ways to convey to people that you are now the teacher and they are now the students. And the friendship stuff resumes after class, right? How far after? That's up for you. If you go out, like me, if you want to go out for trivia night with your students after class, have at it. But there is a, there is a thing there, right? I'm not going to hang, have a beer with you uh, during Shavasana. Oh, man, that's a thing, I think, right? Beer yoga? Who knows? Anyway, uh, and then the reasons why it really does matter. It matters because if you are working on any type of boundary issue, whether it's pricing, giving your time for free, uh, you know, instilling better etiquette in your class, not putting up with bullshit behavior, um, or if, you know, taking things personally, people-pleasing, any of that stuff is very difficult to manage when your friends are in the room. But when they're your students... It's different. When they're your students, you can hold space for you can hold space for them. When they're your students, you can teach them lessons beyond just Astavakrasana. You know, you can teach them lessons about punctuality and um, commitment and uh, etiquette and the sorts of life lessons that I think are way more important to folks than things like Tigibasana, for example. So uh, there you have it, folks. That's what I wanted to share with you today. Friends or students, Sacha. And social boundaries in your classes. I hope it's been useful. Uh, uh, if you have topics that you would like me to cover in podcasts, do let me know. Uh, I would love to. Um, I would love to uh, make sure that the topics that we cover here are really useful to you. So um, yeah, always send me a message if uh, if there's something in particular, podcast topic that you would really like uh, me to cover because that would be. Super fun.
Super fun. A couple of announcements before I finish up. A reminder, please, 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 uh, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Leave a review if you uh, value this podcast. And uh, also, like, share it on social media, folks. Invite your friends to sign up. I love how a bunch of you do that already. It really, it makes a difference to me. Um, really, when I see all of those Insta stories where you're tagging me and saying that you're listening. What some, someone's made an Insta story about having to drive around the block one more time to finish a podcast. I really, I mean, they're, they're, they're heartwarming for sure. And they're also very useful for me, for my business. Um, you know, the podcast is a free thing that I love to do every week. Those sorts of things do help my business. So share, subscribe, um, leave a review. That's awesome. Uh, number two, if you're not already signed up to the business of yoga speaker series, get yourself signed up. Uh, you haven't missed all of it yet. But you can miss a couple, but there's so much goodness still coming at you. The link is in the episode notes. And uh, lastly, I just wanted to let you all know, um, you know, come to the Bahamas with me. <laughs> what? Yes, I'm teaching a retreat in the Bahamas. Uh, starts on the 30th of May and um, you should come. It's going to be awesome. You can check out all the details at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership or the link is in the session notes. Um Essentially, uh, Nicole Valkamp, who's amazing, and I are going to teach a week-long retreat at the Shivananda Yoga Ashram in the Bahamas about leadership. So if these sorts of conversations that we've just had today about Satcha and social boundaries, if they are interesting to you, you're going to love this retreat. It's full of yoga and meditation and great food and ashram living and the Bahamas, hammocks on the beach and all that sort of stuff. You should see the yoga platform that we get all to ourselves bonkers. Um, and some really powerful teachings from Nicole and I about spiritual leadership. What does it look like to actually be a leader who draws on yoga and weaves it into her, weaves it into her conduct and her way of being? What does that actually look like? How do you do it? How, we don't have a whole lot of great role models in that space. This is a retreat where we're going to teach you all of that. So check it out if uh, if you're around first week of June. Come hang out in the Bahamas with me and Nicole, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership is the link for that. All right, folks, super fun as always. Thanks for hanging around. Thanks for being so supportive of this podcast. Uh, It's just going to get better. I'm so excited about things that are coming at you (laughs) over the next little while. uh, I'll keep you updated. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that fabulous yogi superstar. Want more from me? Subscribe to this podcast or follow me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Talk again soon.